Spoonful of Paolo, here we go. Hey everyone, it's Paolo and happy holidays. Okay, so today we got a great episode because I am gonna be talking with the second runner up of American Idol season two, way back in 2002, the one and only Kimberly Locke, you guys. Yes, now since then she's been singing and hosting and she's been cooking, she's been doing a lot. But today she's got a brand new holiday album out and I can't wait to talk to her about it. Christmas is here, uh-huh. See you guys with Kimberly. Okay, are you ready, Kimberly Locke? Ready. Okay, um, first of all, I gotta say, thank you so much for being a guest on A Spoonful of Apollo. Um, you know, I cannot stop listening to your second holiday album. Like, it's so good. So, I don't know, just thank you for everything. Thank you for being a guest on our show, okay? Thank you. This is awesome. Well, okay, okay. So before we talk about your holiday album, I want to kind of go back to your pre-American Idol days because there's just some, you got some great stories that I wanted to share with everyone who's, who's watching, okay? So starting with, you know, you just graduated college. You're getting ready to go to your first year of law school. Um, but then at that time, you stopped singing in bands. You were still singing in church. And then I think it was like your, your brother and then your friend, they wanted you two weeks in a row to stop going to church because they wanted you to watch American Idol, okay? So like when you were watching American Idol with them, Back then, at that time, what were you thinking? Were you like, okay, like, this show's fun? Or were you like, okay, like, I think they can maybe use me? Like, what was going through your mind at that time? I was basically like, I am not doing this. What? <laughs> what? I was like, so I'm very, especially back then, I love it that you said I want to go pre-American Idol. I was a little nervous, but I'm good now. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> back then, I was so black and white about everything. You're either in or you're out. Like, you know, when I was younger, it was just, you know, and I think that's what got me, you know, through my, you know, my teenage years and my early twenties was that I was very black and white. There was no gray area for me. And my friends joke about it actually now, you know, now it's funny. Back then, probably not so funny, but at this time in my life, I was singing and I, you know, listen, I cut my chops in Nashville, singing in the clubs and singing in the bar. I sang in Printer's Alley. I sang on the West End. I sang downtown. And that I got to a point to where I was like, you know what? I don't want to do it on this level. Like I want to go big or go home. There's that black or white thing, right? Like I, it was either I'm going to do it all the way or I'm not going to do it at all. Right. Because I, I enjoyed singing, right? So I just, I, I wanted to have the joy in singing and I knew I could find that in other places at church, you know, or just doing other events. I didn't need to be on that club grind. So when I decided to give up those gigs in Nashville to go to law school, I had switched. That was my plan A. I was on to plan B. So I was not able to hear my friends when they were like, you got to, I mean, literally, Paolo, my friends were like tricking me to come to their house on Wednesday night to watch American Idol. And it was almost like an intervention. Like everybody, you know, she, one of my, one of my friends, Pam, oh my God, she was like, oh, just stop by before you go to Bible study. You know, just stop by, just stop by right quick. That's what we say in the South, stop by right quick. And so I'm, I stopped by, she was like, oh, the show is coming. She was totally playing it to the left, right? Like, oh, sit and watch the show. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. 
and I'm watching her and she's watching me and I'm like, what, what, what do you want? And she's like, you have to audition for the show. And I was like, no, I'm going to law school in December. Like this is not happening. And so I was just mentally, I was already there. I bought my books for law school. I'd already paid for my first semester. Like I was not going to audition for some show and, you know, and then I knew what it was. But that's what I love about you because like you had this plan that going to law school, but then obviously things changed because on October 30th, 2002, I think you woke up around 6, 6.30 in the morning and you were like <laughs> hesitant, like, okay, am I going to go? Because I know it was a rainy day. The lines were long because it was the oh second my season. <laughs> for American Idol in Nashville. You know, I know this story. I've been following you, okay? You know this story better than I do. Yeah, come on. No, so, but I'm curious. Okay, so then when you get to that day on October 30th and you're debating, oh, I don't know, I wanna go. What, what did you say to yourself? So, you know what? I'm gonna get out of bed and go take this chance because you had that one chance, that one chance that literally was gonna change your life, possibly. So what told you to say, you know what? Get out of bed and go and try it. So that morning I'm laying in bed, Paolo, and it's almost like my own movie scene. The only thing that was missing was like a soundtrack, right? I'm laying in bed, I'm staring at the ceiling and I'm, you know, I'm praying, like I'm talking to my higher power. I'm praying. I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I, what do I not do? And I said to myself, this is what made me get up. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And literally, when I said that to myself, I jumped out of bed, I put on some dirty clothes because I hadn't done my laundry yet, and I went downtown. And here's the thing. I got in line. They let, like, two more people in after me, and they shut the line down. That's, I remember hearing, oh, my God. I, it was all meant to be because then, then you are, you're 24 years old, and you're, like, made it to the top three with Clay and Ruben. We know Ruben won, um, and I'm happy. But you were the last female contestant standing on that stage at night. So what were you feeling the next day then when you woke up from, you know, how you woke up, you know, the day of the audition? What were you feeling the next day to yourself? Did you say, like, oh, my God, my life is about to change. I made it to the top three. Like, what were you thinking? Do you remember that feeling? So, you know, you know, I just have to tell you, it just started snowing here. So this is like a magical moment right now. Oh like God, there is so snow nice. in Connecticut. Okay. Oh I'm my just God, saying, there's snow in Connecticut. I'm you crazy. look flawless. Like this is like, okay, I don't want to jinx a knock on wood, but girl, yeah, it's right? good. It's good. <laughs> so then during, a, uh, during American Idol, I'm, I know you, you know the story that Clay, Ruben and I were all from the South and we bonded like immediately on the show. And throughout the show, as we got closer, we looked at each other and we said, we just want to be in the top three together. And that was my constant prayer. I just focused on that. I remember getting to the top five and feeling so competitive, like I gotta make it into the top three. And by the way, I was in the bottom three every freaking week. I know, right? you remember I, that. I, know. <laughs> I was like bottom three to top three constantly, right? Like it was always that bottom three. And so to be in the top three with Ruben and Clay and to be the last girl standing, I mean, the Trinice came in fifth. So even the top four, I was the only female remaining. And so I just felt like I did it. I was like, you did it. You did uh -huh. the damn thing, girl. Like, and then I'm like, what next? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what's next. You were going to send 20, 25 boxes back to your mom. And then you called your mom and you said, hey, don't unpack those boxes. Send them back to me to LA because I'm not going back to that life. I'm about to live my I dream, know. which is just, 
It's crazy, Kimberly. It really is. You know, yeah, um, it really is. Yeah. For you, I know you're an independent artist and, you know, what does it feel like to create and do things your way? Because I feel like when you have a team of people and they tell you, do this, do this, go here, we got you this, but you're the one who gets to create like the stuff around you. What does that feel like? Are you, does that make you happy? Is this where you want it to be? Like, tell me, cause I think it's awesome. You know what? I, I love that you, so first of all, let me just say how much I love that you, and I'm, I know you're not, you're not just doing this for me. You do this for all of your guests. You do your research, you read the story, you know the story. And so you're asking me like such good questions. So I just want to say thank you. Um, so okay. when, <laughs> when you have a team, right, which is what happens after Idol, you've got all these people. Well, during Idol, you've got a herd of people managing your every move, your every move. I actually snuck away one day and ran away from the security guard and he was calling me on my phone. He was like, where are you? I said, I am an adult and I need 30 minutes to myself. I said, and by the way, I can see you from where I am. So I'm okay. And he was like, you're going to get me fired. I was like, dude, if you don't tell anybody, I won't tell anybody. So, you know, I am an independent, you know, spirit and I do need that ability to be, you know, on my own. And I think that when you, when, when I came off the show and I had all these people around, you're right. Everybody's telling you what they think you should be doing and what, and it's not in alignment with what you know, what's in here. Right. And that's one of the biggest challenges. And so I was signed with Curb Records, as you know, and when I, unfortunately it didn't end so well, but it all worked out for the best because when I ended my contract or when I got out of the contract, um, I started my own company. I started I Am Entertainment and I didn't know exactly what I Am Entertainment was going to do. I just knew that for the moment it was going to be my home for my music and all of my projects. And it's evolved into the home of other artists and their projects as well. So I love, listen, I, I don't know everything, Paolo, and you know how it is. You start your project and then there's all these moving parts. You need to bring other people in who know more than you, who have, you know, different strengths than you do. And so I just want to be able to do that. And when you have, you know, that when you have, sometimes when you have too many people around you, nobody's listening. Right. And so you lose sight of what, what's in, what, what your initial intent was. And so now I get to call up people and say, Hey, I heard, and I know, cause I'm following your work that you're really good at this. I need you to help me. And so then you get to handpick those people. And I spent a lot of time working with people that I didn't like, and they probably didn't like me if we're being honest, but we were forced to work together in these situations. And as you know, that's not productive. You don't get anything done that way. No, you don't. And you, when you talk about your company, I am entertainment. I love the story of how you were in Nashville and you went on the freeway and you had a vision of your logo. Okay. And you were looking for a paper and pen in your car, but you found, I think a napkin and pencil instead, because you knew, didn't know what was going to come of it, but you had this feeling, yep. this vision. And it reminded me of that sign behind me, that a spoonful of Apollo sign that I was working on the talk and I came home from working on the talk and I said to my husband, come on, we got to have our own web show. And he went upstairs and did that logo. And we didn't know what was going to happen with our show, but we felt something big. We felt that this is just the beginning of it. So for you with I Am Entertainment, do you feel that you are paying it forward from you know all the things that were given to you that now it is your time to help others reach their dream, you know?
Absolutely. You know, my clients, when they look at me and say, you're the best investment that we've made in a long time or ever, it just, it resonates with my soul. And, and, and my clients know they're like, you know, and, and I, this is what I love. I have an open dialogue with my clients. And when I have my monthly team meeting with them, the first thing I ask them is, okay, let's talk about what's on your list of things that you want to change or that you would like for me to do differently based on what you've seen over the last 30 days, 60 days, whatever. And when they look at me, they look at me and they say, we've never worked with somebody who cares about our brand the way we care about our brand. They said, we see it in every piece of content that you make for us, every email that you send out for us, they see it. And that is, I give that because that's what I was missing. I spent so many years, you know, basically explaining or trying to convert the people who were on my team to get them to understand who Kimberly Locke was. No artist should have to do that. Exactly. Right? You shouldn't have to plead your case to your team to understand who you are. If they don't get you, then they're probably not the ones who should be working that project. And, and that's the other thing. I, if I don't get an artist, I don't work with them, you know, because I'm doing them a disservice, you know, by it's not about just collecting clients. It's about doing good work and really, truly being able to support people. And that's what I feel like I never had, but I have it now. Oh my God. I love that. You're so wise. Now I understand why when you were in sixth grade and I think the local newspaper came to your school and, and interviewed you and seven other classmates and they said, Kimberly, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you said you wanted to be a singer and a lawyer because you knew exactly what you wanted to be in sixth grade. It's just you amazing. Crazy? Yes, it's amazing. What do you think that sixth grader would say about you right now where you are that you know you're engaged, you're so happy, you have your new holiday album out. What do you think she would say thinking back oh when she was God, talking about you're them? making me tear up. <laughs> but tell me, you tell me Kimberly, what do you think she would say looking at your life today and where you are in this place of love and content? Just where do you what do you think she would say to you right now? That little girl I had that newspaper clipping and that little girl, that little girl wearing that horrible green outfit and having that horrible green, uh, that horrible, had this horrible haircut. I had the worst acne all over my face, Paolo. And I believe that that little girl would look at me right now and she would say, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of who you are and what you've done. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. And that, like, I see her, you know, I see her, I grew up, you know, in this, you know, I grew up in a small town and I didn't know it then, but I was having an identity crisis. You know, I was biracial. Um, my parents had just gotten divorced and I was living, you know, with my mom and we were trying to figure it out. Like, what are we going to do? You know, my, my family literally split. My brother lived with my dad and I with my mom. So my life completely changed. And I go into a new school where I know no one. And everybody's picking on the biracial kid, you know, and, and, and kids can be cruel. They don't understand how, I don't think they truly understand how cruel they are, but kids are kids. Right. And so 
I went to, I loved going to school. I loved going to school. And back then my world was in so much chaos. I think about the day I sat down and I made that statement. What I did not know is that that statement came straight from my soul and my spirit because it has manifested, right? And so to think about her, she probably had no clue. I actually tried to befriend a girl that was biracial and she was darker than me. And I went up to her one day to talk to her and we were talking about being biracial. And I'm like, well, you know, we're black. She was like, I'm not black. She was like, I'm white. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, her skin is darker than mine, right? And I'm like, wow, she's so confident in who she is that nobody's telling her any different. And I wanted that. I had not harnessed that yet. And so that girl in the sixth grade, she would be so proud. But, but you know what? I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her. Because in all that chaos, when nothing in her life was stable, she found something on the inside. She found a light and it carried, that light carried me into everything that I've done up until this point. And it will continue to carry me um, because that was the foundation of everything, you know, and it all works together for the good. Whatever I was going through then, however bad it was, I still persevered. And that's what I always say to my clients, no matter where you are, you got this. Because if you look back already from all the shit you've already come through, you're still here. So whatever you're going to go through in 10 years, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to glance over your shoulder and you're going to be like, oh, I did that. I did that. And then you're going to keep going. And that is life. That's life. So I'm very, that girl, that little girl back in sixth grade, she's really proud of me. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I just went to church on Sunday with my husband and then, you know, the pastor, the priest, whatever is in the front. And you, amen. You just gave me this beautiful, like inspiration. Oh God, my, if I, that sixth grader. Oh my God, do I love her? And I say <laughs> thank you to her for giving you what you have today because she kept you going and going and you believed in yourself. And I say, oh my God, amen. Amen to that. Amen. Uh, you know, she would also probably say, girl, that holiday album, Christmas is here, is really good. She would, keep, she would say, keep playing it. I'll tell you, Patrick and I have been listening, not just because you're on our show, but we've been listening to these, flat, these last few weeks. It's good. It's festive. It's fun. Uh, your voice sounds good in it. And I didn't even know that your single, Christmas is here, that song, I didn't even know that it was an original song by Donna Summer. I had no idea. But you made her proud because it's good, Kimberly. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. You know, that's what I wanted to do when I started putting this project together. I said, how do you do a project of Christmas songs, right? Because everybody's covered so many Christmas songs. And I was cleaning the house two Chris, three Christmases ago. And I had music choice on the TV and I kept running to the TV and I was like, who is that? I've never heard the song before. So I started keeping my ears open for obscure Christmas songs. And I came across this Donna Summer song. I don't even know how I found this song. I was online on YouTube one day, just searching for stuff. And I found this and 
I was like, you know what? Nobody knows this song. This I is Donna know. Summer. I didn't know until you're Donna right. Summer. I didn't know either. I, I had to go. I watched her video after. I'm like, oh my God, this song is good. And I had no idea until I started listening to your song. I'm like, oh, how cool is that? That's really yeah. cool. So it's, it's kind of my little, you know, it's my little homage to her, you know, to say, you know what? People need to hear this song. And, you know, most people don't know that she had a Christmas album. And I just want to give that song the light of day that it deserves. And so far, it's really good. I just got some great news the other day. Like, we moved from, like, number 71 to number 38 on the media base chart for the holiday. So we're doing great. We're oh, doing my God. Great that doesn't surprise me because it's a really it, – you have so many good songs on there. Um, and did you start recording the album? Was it the summer in July when you started recording the album? Oh. So you've been singing Christmas songs, like, for – a long time. <laughs> so funny enough, Paolo, we did a Christmas in July campaign. So the album was done in July. And so I was recording. So the ad for me, my timeline for albums is about a year and a half. It takes me that long to like get it together. <laughs> so we started working on this album two years ago. And um you know, it all came together and I wanted to do a Christmas in July campaign and I did, and we did it all on social and, you know, it's, it really has paid off. You know, when you're doing Christmas music, all of the marketing and, and everything has to be prepared before the summer because the Christmas playlists are pretty much set come fall they already know what they're doing mm, wow oh my god oh my god okay i am like really excited and this is an honor this is an honor that you you know would like to sing christmas is here for us i i have to say first thank you um and i'm really really excited i've been envisioning this for a while now so thank you thank you kimberly <laughs> really thank you okay all right so i'm gonna sing a little bit of christmas is here okay yeah uh, yeah <laughs> You're so cute, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Camille. You're beautiful. Right. So thank you. All right. Christmas is here. Snowflakes fill in the air. People rushing past every display. No time for napping. There's buying and wrapping. Gifts to be given away. Sparkling lights, all the dazzling sights. Christmas trees loaded with joy. Hearts full of giving. Children are living for what could be their favorite toy. Christmas is here. Christmas is here. It's a wonderful time of the year. Christmas is here. Oh, Christmas is here. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time of the year. Oh, my God. Oh, Kimberly, oh my God, it's such a beautiful song. You know, like, God really gave you such a beautiful gift. Like, you know, it's uh, like, you can't, you, you can't learn it. You just have that, you have it in you, you know, and you do have that, that gift, that gift of voice in you. And, um, and I'm so honored that you chose, like, and that you're able to sing it on our show. It, it means a lot to me, okay? 
It means a lot. To Thank me. you so much. Mm. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I, everyone can like literally download, stream your song, stream the album, and they can also go to your website, KimberlyLock.me, and they can get your ornament like I did. I'm waiting for it to come in the mail. You say, look. I is. know. We just processed it today. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, my God. You see? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So I'm waiting because I want it to go on my tree before Christmas, okay? So. You got it. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> I need you on our tree so bad, okay? Um, yeah. Kimberly Locke, I don't know what to say. All I could say is thank you. Thank you so much. I am so proud of you to see how far you have come in your life and your career and you inspire me. You really do inspire me and I think you're a phenomenal woman and I just love you so much with all my heart, okay? I do. Hello. Really. Thank you so much and all the love and light to you and your family this holiday season and thank you for bringing joy you are full of joy and you know we it just feels so good you know to be in the presence of other people who have found their joy and it's it's amazing so good luck to you and everything that you do thank you kimberly okay all right happy holidays good over here patrick say happy holidays merry christmas to kimberly lock oh, merry christmas have a beautiful day Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on the A Spoonful Apollo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, aspoonfulapollo.com or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Spoonful Apollo. I love you, Oprah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.